Welcome to the Life Unmasked podcast, where we talk about all things dating, relationship, and everyday life issues. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Life Unmasked. This week, I am so excited. Um, I have a very special guest on with me this week. So let's welcome my now personal good friend, Charity. (laughs) Hi, everyone. (laughs) I'm so excited. I have been fangirling (laughs) since you said yes. Oh, Um, that is so flattering. But I have to tell you, I'm such a fan of yours in uh, Tally Glam. I'm like number one (laughs) listener and fan. If you can see the statistics, it's probably probably like, oh, Charity has listened to the (laughs) podcast immediately when it comes out. So I oh just, I feel like we're like a girlfriends like we're friends. We are. I know. Are. You. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think you became friends with my best friend Talisa because of her sister. Correct. Yeah. Um, okay. Sierra and I went to the ramp together, which is a ministry school in Alabama. Yep. Okay. And then I sucked her into becoming a flight attendant. She even lived with my mom or with my parents for a little while during in that Michigan whole season. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, I know, ta- I know Tally, she's not Talisa, she's Tally Glam to me, but Tally. I know, I know Tally Glam <laughs> through Sierra. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. Cause, um, I remember her mentioning something about how her sister, cause we had to go to Michigan. Well, we didn't have to, but she joined me, um, for my <laughs> sister's wedding, which was outside of Detroit. Oh, yeah. Where um, where outside of Detroit? So, well, most of my okay, so most of my immediate family, um they live in like the Westland. Um my dad and them for the longest time lived in Romulus, which is, you know, the ghetto. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> they lived right down the street from 8 Mile and I was like, am I going to see Eminem? No, nope, not going to happen, but Aww. it was you know, I had thoughts as a kid. Um, yeah. Where did Sarah get married? She got married in a in a trailer park. Um, so you know, I'm not, <laughs> I can't remember the name of that town, but yeah, it was it it was pretty ghetto. Well, so. that that area, Westland, Romulus. I'm very familiar. I grew up as a teenager going to that area, and you know, thinking I was a cool little like emo, uh, going to hardcore shows at 15. So I know that area of the world. Well, I know what you're trying to describe. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It is ghetto. Um, my grandparents, when I was younger, before they had moved to Westland, they lived in Dearborn. Mm -hmm. And, um, I remember hearing, even when they moved to Westland, like the Arab, big the islam calls for like their time of prayer mm-hmm. and i was like i have no idea what's happening because i'm from yeah. you know small town midwest where we don't have any of that so yeah it, there's definitely a big middle eastern culture there and mm-hmm. it has it has grown over the years and so it really is there are certain parts in dearborn and dearborn heights where you kind of you are the minority there so Um, I remember uh, when my husband moved to Michigan from Alabama and we went to that area, he was like kind of shocked and had no idea. And I'm like, yeah, this is the biggest Middle Eastern population in the United States. It's not New York City. It's not like, you know, like L.A. Mm -hmm. or something that you would kind of associate with being more cultural, culturally diverse. (laughs) But it's here in Michigan, girl. It's here. It's here. (laughs) Yeah, I was kind of freaked out a little bit, but, you know, 
it's all good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, they, I'll say this. You can get lots of yummy food in that area. So that I'm okay is with very, it. It is very true. It is very <laughs> true. When my dad was in the hospital, like we had food coming in from all those places. And I'm just like, this is so good. How have I never had this before? Yeah, so, no, exactly. <laughs> it was not complaining. It was, it was a bit of a culture shock. Mm-hmm. I can and, get now, that. and now that I had lived in California for seven years, I'm kind of used to all of that I guess yeah you've so, been yeah. out of the bubble it sounds like right been <laughs> taken out of my very white midwest city city <laughs> it's like town of 4,000 people it's um, a county girl you live in that county <laughs> we got one stoplight and it's in my it's in my town and it's I love the, it it's yeah so anyways <laughs> um I'm so excited to have you on so since this is the first time that you are on my podcast why don't you take some time tell the listeners who you are and about yourself well, this is always like the most pressure on a question when someone's like, <laughs> tell me about yourself. And you kind of like go to that like fourth grade, like I'm this many years old <laughs> and this is my favorite color. Right. I do the same uh, thing all the time. <laughs> um, I'm like, gosh, like that can get really deep really quickly. Like, who am I? Um, <laughs> but uh, my name is Charity Nelms and I I am a fitness coach. I have a business that I run online helping women get healthy, um, not just on the outside, not just the practicals, but on the inside. Mm -hmm. Um, And I have my own kind of journey with health and weight loss. So um, a lot of my experiences comes from that and kind of knowing the game and what it feels like and all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I've been running my online coaching business for over a year and a half now. I've been coaching for about two years, but running my own business and kind of doing my own thing. Um, And then apart from that, I still am a flight attendant once in a while for travel benefits because I am, I can't stay in one place at one time. (laughs) I envy you. (laughs) Well, girlfriend, you can do it. Listen, we'll talk after the podcast. I got your back. Okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, I've been doing that and loving it and just kind of growing my community online. And mm-hmm. I am not, I don't consider myself like an influencer or anything like that. I'm really just a very normal person that is just, I think I'm generating a little bit of a community because I'm honest about things. I have a real genuine story and I'm not just here to sell you something. I think people really do feel that this is part of my purpose and I'm passionate about it and I really care about women. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why I've um, created a little bit of like a following, but yeah, it's been really cool. And I think that's part of the reason why I have fallen in love with you is because (laughs) you are real and you're not trying to sell someone on a specific like diet or Mm -hmm. like, oh, take all these products and these supplements. And because we're, let's be honest, diet culture is so full of that. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I knew when, okay, so when the whole Demi Lovato thing happens, I know, I know, (laughs) I if you listen to the Salty Babes, that mm-hmm. episode, I think I went off on, like, the biggest tangent. Yeah. <laughs> I liked I it. Was, I was so frustrated over the fact that – because we we do live in a hyper hyperized. I can't even talk today. Like, and, and, and this, like, 
this diet culture where everybody like all these influencers are trying to sell you on all these different diet plans and all these supplements and all these things and they're making money off of it yeah but it's actually affecting us not them yeah um and so when um so then I like Talisa kept sending me (laughs) your stuff and I was like I freaking love her because <laughs> like you're calling out all these like fad diets and things mm-hmm. that don't work. Yeah. They're not, I mean, they're, they're, they're great temporarily, but they're not sustainable. And mm-hmm. so I'm like, I just, I love her and I need Aww. to have her on because Thank you. I, yeah. <laughs> just... Well, I think, um, and this will probably, it'll probably get me in trouble eventually. I've always been very, <laughs> um, bold and outspoken no matter mm-hmm. what I'm doing, whether it was, you know, when I was a worship leader and I was bold and outspoken about my faith or, you know, just my opinions. I've been really into politics when I was a kid. That's what I wanted to do was be a politician. Side note. I could see it. I, I don't know. It. No, I would have said most of the country. Um, it's okay. I do all the time anyways. <laughs> it's all good. Um, but I think, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm really honest about all these diets, what people are selling. And it's not that I'm here to put anyone down because really what I look at is most of the people that are involved in kind of the diet culture MLM or they're hawking some supplement or, um, you know, they're like, oh, I did keto and I lost 40 pounds. I'm not looking at them in an angry way going, Mm -hmm. how dare you do this to people? I really look at them, even the way I kind of look at Demi Lovato, where I go, they don't understand. There's Mm -hmm. much more growth and healing that needs to happen. They think this is working because maybe it's worked for a month or two, or maybe some of them even a year. But I would put all the money that's in my bank account on that. It will not last. And so- I kind of just sit on the sidelines and yes, I do have a commentary on it, but that's because for the women who follow me, I take, I take some type of like ownership in them, if that Mm -hmm. sounds right. But like, not that they belong to me, but they're important to me. If you're willing to come follow me on a platform, listen to what I'm saying, then I take on responsibility that I need to be honest, truthful, and transparent. Mm-hmm. And I, it's so hard to sit by and watch people waste their money, spin their wheels, get further into feeling frustrated with their weight or their health. Cause it's not just about the number on the scale. It's not just about um, weight, but really about feeling good and what works and healthy habits. And I'm just tired of people getting tricked. <laughs> yeah. That's so real. Cause I even, I mean, I, I probably up until this point, I have done almost every single diet plan out there from mm-hmm. Weight Watchers to calorie deficit to mm-hmm. I did, well, it's now Octavia, but when I did it, it was take shape <laughs> for life, the whole Metafast thing. Yeah. And I even became a coach. Did you? Through them. <laughs> yeah. Which was so funny now. Cause I didn't have any clients because um, what ended up happening is mm-hmm. is I I became a coach, but I didn't want to sell people on the whole like because it's a lot of money mm-hmm. and everybody in my network, we were all broke college students. Yeah. <laughs> and so like I was having to have help even paying for the program for my parents mm, because it was so expensive because you're you're having to buy their products. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah. Plus then you're also having to pay for your, cause you have to do one lean and green meal a day. So you're still having to buy extra groceries mm-hmm. and their plan by itself. You're looking at like, well now it's more expensive, but even then it was like $500 a month. Wow. Just for their products. Plus and the extra groceries. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was, it was a lot of money and you know, when you don't have it, but you're trying to lose weight. Like, mm-hmm. so I ended up not having anybody actually being under me. Cause I was like, I know it's a lot of money. You don't mm-hmm. have to subscribe to this, but I will tell you what has been working for me on this program. Yeah. What, um, what does it take? If you don't mind me asking, what does mm-hmm. it take for you to become that title of like a coach? Nothing. Really. You, I love it. You like you pay. I think it was like two hundred dollars, um, okay. and you got the coaching kit, and you you didn't have to go through any kind of training. Um, mm-hmm. you didn't have to go through any classes. Nothing like yeah. that. You just literally paid the two hundred dollars. Yeah, got a little thing that said, "Oh, I'm a health coach," and like little business, they send you business okay. cards. Well, that and that, it. and I mean, that does make sense to me because the difference is, is if you're coaching someone, you're providing a service, mm-hmm. but in that sense, you pay your $200, you get your coaching kit. You're just selling something to someone. There is no yeah. coaching them or helping change their habits. And I don't know, I'm sure there are some Octavia coaches that really do care. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, personally, in my opinion, I think that there's some confusion there of what healthy habits are. Right. Uh, And I mean, you would be shocked. Octavia is the one right now that I think is kind of like, it's popping off. So is 75 hard if you've heard of that. Oh, I haven't. Um, Those two are kind of taking the place of, I think, keto. Keto Mm -hmm. is like slowing down a little bit. It's still there, but um, Octavia and 75 hard have been kind of popping off and I'm just seeing it come up so much and you would be shocked by the amount of not only women that I've worked with where they kind of go waste their money in Octavia and they come back around the circle and they come back to me kind of like, yeah, I really do need your help. This didn't work. I thought I could do it on my own or I thought I could take this lane. Mm-hmm. And so then we have to, you know, rewire and work, work some different things out. But I get so many messages of people who have been on Octavia. And every time I get a message, there's like a new level of shock in me. Like, how is this happening? <laughs> Ew. Yeah. I, so when I started, here's how, here's how I kind of got into it. Um, so a really good friend of mine who I had done master's commission with in Illinois, um, she had been, she had always been plus size and I had seen her on like this health journey for years. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, like she started posting about like losing weight and, just all this stuff. And she was looking amazing. And Mm -hmm. I think in the course of like a year, she had lost 130 pounds. Wow. Um, and of course, Lynn, you know, she's in the process of, she had just gotten engaged and planning a wedding and all this stuff. And I was like, what are you doing? And that's Mm -hmm. how I kind of got sucked into the whole thing. So she ended up putting me on a call between her and her health coach, Mm-hmm. Um, and I got sucked in. I ended up talking to my mom about it. Mom's like, well, let's do it. You know, give it a try, whatever. And then that first month I lost 30 pounds. Wow. And, um, 
but then two, I wasn't understanding that mm-hmm. you shouldn't work out while you're on the program. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't want you working out at all. So like, yes, because someone... if you did, they would have a lawsuit. <laughs> oh my gosh. I remember posting about it. Cause I had, um, I was so excited. I had bought a treadmill and I had worked up to like walking a mile, which was something I couldn't even you. fathom. And I had posted about it, like my non-scale victory on like the little group page mm-hmm. and all these people came at me and I'm like, <gasps> really? what, like, is there something wrong with this? Because my health mm-hmm. coach, like I told Emily about, about it. She said nothing, but all these people were like, oh, you shouldn't be working out. Like that goes against the whole entire process and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, wait, mm-hmm. but isn't working out supposed it like that's healthy. You're supposed to do that. I don't mm-hmm. understand. Yes. Um, and so Emily was like, yeah, it's okay. If you go walking, I wouldn't do anything, you know, more than that. I just wouldn't even post about it on the page. And I'm like, Oh wow. Wait, what? <laughs> and so after a bit, I started seeing like all the unhealthiness that was coming and mm-hmm. like, People would gain like 10 pounds because they'd get off the program a little bit. You know, they'd go into like the maintain part. And then because they gained 10 pounds, all of a sudden they were like, oh, no, like I gained 10 pounds. I need to go back on the program. Mm -hmm. And it was like this constant cycle, even with Emily and her health coach. Now, Emily's completely out of it. Jason, her health, like her former health coach is Mm -hmm. still in it, but I still see that. And I don't know why I'm still in the group, but like, I still see Oh, I like it. You're like a secret shopper. You can give us all the, "Mm -hmm." what the inside (laughs) scoop. It is, it is crazy. Mm -hmm. The amount of dysfunction that actually happens. And and I'm like, I was once a part of that. Like, I subscribed yeah. into it. And it works. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say, I didn't lose weight. I lost, I lost like 50 pounds. Well, well, let's, let me just like play devil's advocate here. Okay. And I'm just going to say this. If it actually worked, as in the results lasted, you felt like you learned something. Internally, you felt different. You felt better. You had more endurance. If it actually worked. I don't think mm-hmm. we'd be having this conversation. That's think, very true. I think it's very different to go in and want to lose weight and have a desire to be healthy. Those two things are totally different. Right. Because I, I'm, and I'm saying this from a place of experience for, I, for people who don't know who are listening or for you, like I was 90 pounds heavier. So I'm not saying this as a person who has always been fit, always been active, always had a good relationship with food. Like I know what it feels like to be in the trenches. I lived a Mm -hmm. decade with eating disorders. Mm -hmm. I struggled with anorexia. I struggled with bulimia and binge eating disorder all throughout about 10 to 11 years. And then I can even remember getting on the scale as a, a five, nine woman. So I'm tall weighing 125 pounds and not feeling any different than when I was well over 200 pounds. Mm -hmm. So losing weight and getting healthy are two totally different things. So if if all your goal is, is to lose weight, then good luck to you. (laughs) Have fun on Octavia or whatever you're doing. But I sit back and watch that and go, I already know what the outcome is going to be. Right. You know, I already know that you're going to step on the scale. And if you haven't done the work on the inside, if you haven't created healthy habits that really are for life, nothing's going to really feel any different. You might look a little different, but that probably won't last either. 
And, you know, it's funny that you said that because I, the moment I stopped paying for it mm-hmm. and got off the program, I started putting back on all the weight. <laughs> because it comes, I, it comes back with vengeance. It was probably it very quick. It, yep. it came back and it came back fast and it, I ended up gaining more weight mm-hmm. than I had even lost. Yep. And it didn't even like really occur to me the reasons as to why until later. <laughs> and I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, it wasn't that I was necessarily eating all this like crap food. It was because I was actually eating things that I wanted to eat. Because mm-hmm. I had been deprived for so long, yeah, you know, because you can't have anything. It, like it's mm-hmm. so low low carb that all of a sudden, like I'm I wanting to have like a little piece of chocolate, or I'm like, actually, I don't want to have spaghetti squash or zoodles. <laughs> I want to <laughs> actually have pasta. Like, yeah. Well, the know. the problem is that well, number one, they don't have you work out on Octavia because you're consuming such few calories that number one, it's not even healthy for you to just live on that. That's Mm -hmm. why people drop weight so quickly, which can, I don't want to say damage your metabolism because there isn't such a thing as really damaging it, but it will, your metabolism adjusts to kind of what it's normal is. Mm -hmm. So if you're only consuming 800 calories a day, your metabolism is smart and it goes, okay, I'm only going to burn 800 calories because that's all I'm getting. I I can't. Mm. Otherwise, I'm going to start eating my own um, muscle and fat. And that's when you go into like starvation and stuff like that. So you're not working out because of that. You're also not supposed to work out because it's a low carb plan. And carbohydrates are what fuels your energy. That's Mm -hmm. why you see a marathon runner and they can go eat like two large pizzas and they're still a twig, it's because they're using those carbs to run that marathon. Sure. So it's just, I don't know. It, it's such a, it's such a toxic plan. It's just, and, mm-hmm. and they're not just Octavia, but all kind of diet culture, MLMs, they're preying on, and I can say this from experience, they're preying on people who are already feeling desperate, mm. already feeling like, I'm spinning my wheels. I've tried everything. I start over every Monday. Like, I mean, I don't know if you can identify with that or not, but that's Mm -hmm. the life that I was living. And so anything that would give me like an ounce of hope. Yeah. I'd hop on it. I've done the teas. I've, I've tried keto. I've done all the things probably more than once. (laughs) So it's just sad to see when there's a company that is really preying on people who are already in a place where they feel kind of desperate or hopeless And then they're just taking their money because at the end of the day, I say this to a lot of my clients, um, the way that you lose weight is essentially the way that you'll maintain your weight throughout your life. Mm. So the way that you're losing weight, if you're not willing to do that in some sort of capacity, maybe it's not always as intense, but if you're not willing to do that in some sort of capacity or way, then it's not going to last. You know, if you start keto going, okay, I'm going to do this for three months, everything's going to go right back to, to how Mm. it was before, unless you're willing to go do keto for the rest of your life. And personally, I'm not willing to live a life without Lay's potato chips or pizza. (laughs) Amen. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And I've been back on this like weight loss. I say it's a weight loss journey, but mostly it is just me Mm -hmm. trying to get back to being healthy and being active and Mm -hmm. 
you know, doing things. And so when I step on the scale and I'm not seeing the, you know, the drastic number changes that I've seen in the past, mm-hmm. I, like the very first, I think it was like the the first two times I had got on there and I'm like, I literally have only lost like six pounds in two weeks. <laughs> and at first I was like, I need to do something. I need, you know, like what, what calories do I need to like chop? Do I need to go to keto? You know, like mm-hmm. my brain was already going into that place. And I'm like, no, you know what? I need to celebrate the fact that I've lost six pounds yeah. instead of being like, Oh, I'm not losing the weight fast enough because realistically losing weight so fast actually isn't healthy. It, it absolutely backfires on you. And, and yeah, go ahead. No, 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 go, go. Um, I was just going to say, first of all, six pounds is a big deal. Mm-hmm. When I work with my clients, I usually shoot for one to two pounds a week is the kind of safe place that I like to see weight loss. Mm-hmm. Now that can change for some people, um, just depending on like their age and size and that sort of thing. Right. Um, but six pounds is a big deal. Go Google right. what six pounds of fat looks like and you will be shook, girl. Right. It is a big deal. And this is actually something that I teach in my um, in my 12-week group coaching program built on balance is we talk about because there's a lot of rewiring we have to do just because we live in this world of diet culture and fast and we want mm-hmm. things quick and it's immediate. We actually take time to really talk about how your issue with what you think is commitment, because a lot of women think, oh, I just can't commit to it, or I have to start over on Monday, or I start a diet and I'm good for a month, and then, you know, I fall off the bandwagon. And it's not that you have a commitment issue, it's about patience. Mm. Are you willing? to put in the time. Do you think you are worth if this journey takes a year? Are you willing to invest in yourself if it takes three years? And that starts opening eyes to going, wow, it's, it's not that I don't want this because commitment is that there's a deep desire. You want to do this. You try things. The fact that you've, you know, tried and quit a thousand things shows that there's (laughs) commitment. You know what I mean? If you weren't committed to some type of weight loss or getting healthy, you would have tried one thing and then you never try again, but you've tried everything 18,000 times. So it's not a commitment issue. It's the patience issue. And Mm -hmm. patience comes from that deep place of, I feel value in myself. I'm worth the weight. I'm worth the work. I'm not going to give up on myself. And that's a whole different issue. And we, mm-hmm. a lot of women are living in that place because of all the diets that are thrown at us, that it's got to be quick. It's got to, we've got to see the scale go down five pounds a week. And it's just like, number one is that that's not healthy, but for a lot mm-hmm. of women, that's not even possible without complete extremes, you know? Sure. Sure. And because how women lose weight, our metabolism looks completely different than even how guys, mm-hmm. like my stepdad, he... He decided to take keto pills, changed absolutely nothing. Oh, God. He ranks like an 18-pack every single weekend, maybe ah. 24. I don't even know. I've lost count. Yeah. And he still lost like 50-some-odd pounds. And mm-hmm. I'm like, Don't you just what? hate him? <laughs> like, you, you literally did nothing. Like, you didn't even work out. You literally drink beer. Like, mm-hmm. how is this possible? So – like having even like seeing that and being like, I can't compare myself to him because yeah. obviously 
men are completely different. But I've just, I've even like, I'm down like eight pounds now. So not too much more, but I'm like sitting here, I'm like, okay, like this is eight pounds that is, I'm no longer carrying on my body anymore. Yeah. And I'm having to, even though it's been really slow, I'm still going out and I'm trying to walk every single day. And, you know, I'm getting myself back out there and I'm having to change what I've known about all mm-hmm. these other diet plans and putting it into, okay, what is healthy, changing my mindset and getting into that, you know, that, that healthy place of what losing weight actually yes. looks like. Yes. When you, my, my philosophy as a coach, and I think you can appreciate this just because I've listened to, you know, some of your other podcasts and episodes mm-hmm. and stuff, but um, I really believe that a healthy inside will reflect a healthy outside and a healthy Mm. outside is going to reflect a healthy inside. So it's like the two have to be partnered together. And that's not saying that, you know, every person that's carrying an extra 15 pounds is like going through chaos inside. But I also know that sometimes that can be a reflection of things going on in the inside. Mm -hmm. And I really believe with, with every single one-on-one client that I work with and all my girls and my group coaching program, We work on both. We work on the practicals of let's learn how to exercise. Let's learn how to make it feel good. Let's make it feel sustainable. Let's learn about food. Let's learn how to fuel our bodies and nourish our bodies. And also let's learn how to treat our bodies because food is fun. But then on the other side, it's not just about what we're doing, but who we are becoming. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I even kind of looking back on my own journey have realized is that I have maintained a 90 pound weight loss for, God, I don't even know now, probably like four or five years. Mm -hmm. And I haven't maintained that 90 pounds of weight loss because of what I did, but rather because of who I've become. Right. Um, That's so good. My insides have changed. I've become a much more determined person. I've become a a much stronger person mentally. Mm -hmm. Um, I've also uh, worked on my self-worth and, and seeing my own value, that's really important, you know? So all mm-hmm. those kind of things and discipline and self-control and really just switching your perspective. I mean, girl, you're talking about it yourself going, yeah, I have to look at those six to eight pounds and go, that's progress. That is something like, mm-hmm. I can't be down on myself about that. I did that. That's something I'm going to celebrate that. And that all comes with that like internal change that mm-hmm. you're not getting that with keto. You're not working on that with Octavia. Like right. it's just not happening. And so those changes or the things that you're doing, they're not going to last unless you partner the inside with the outside. I love that. Yeah. And I think part of the reason why I get so frustrated with like, cause I have family who are on keto and they've been on keto for years and now they look unhealthy because mm-hmm. <laughs> there's not like because they're not taking in you know proper nutrients they're living mm-hmm. off of pounds of cheese a day God. um which i i'm like i wish that my stomach could handle living on pounds of cheese a day <laughs> i applaud you i um, love it but i like they're becoming where you can actually see their bones Mm-hmm. And they're starting to look older than what they are mm-hmm. because they're not taking in and loving themselves well from like the inside out because yeah. they've been on keto now for 
Oh, man. I think my one cousin started like five years ago, and she's still on it. She's still doing it. That is very interesting. (laughs) I am. Especially for women, I just – well, number one, eating that amount of protein, uh, it's just – it's hard on your gut health. It's hard Mm -hmm. on your digestive system. Um, And and for some women, I want to be really clear on this. Um, low carb and lower carb are different in my opinion, low Mm -hmm. carb. I'm totally against when you're eating 30 or 40 grams of carbs a day. That's just like unrealistic. Good luck having energy working out or just living, um, lower carb. I kind of, I, I kind of consider around like 130 grams of carbs to maybe 80 or 90. And I do suggest that for some women, but very specific instances. So things like PCOS, Hashimoto's, Mm -hmm. thyroid issues, um, cortisol imbalances, obviously if you're diabetic. So that can happen and doing like a lower carb thing, but that's still a lot higher than what keto is doing. Um, And I think a lot of people too, they get on keto and they're like, I have so much energy and I feel great. And I'm like, well, yeah, of course you have more energy and you feel great. You drop 20 pounds and just being lighter makes you feel better. You move around better. Your knees don't hurt as much. You feel like you have more energy because you're just not burning as many calories carrying around, you know, a 20 pound dumbbell. But eventually it's going to catch up and you're going to be really fatigued. I guarantee your poops aren't normal. Your digestive (laughs) health isn't great. There's zero energy for any type of movement or working out. Or if you are working out, it's not to the level that you can actually do or gain muscle because you're just not fueling those, probably not sleeping well. So there's just a lot of things that come with that. Hmm. That is just, it's, yeah, don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) No. And I I don't know about you, and this might be a little TMI, but especially during that time of the month, mm-hmm. all I want is carbs. Yeah. I do. And, it, and it's, that's the thing too. It's like, I would like, that's where I'd love to sit down with your cousin and go, okay, so if I put you in a room full of pizza, how would you conduct yourself right now? Mm. And it would be really, really hard to go into that room and either just completely say no, which is one thing. Okay, Mm -hmm. fine, whatever. If you want to completely restrict it, that's totally up to you. But for me as a coach, my goal is that I want women to be able to walk into a room with pizza or, you know, there be like, I don't know, a potluck or, whoa, that's taking it way back to 90s church. (laughs) Right? Still happens. happens. Right, somewhere. (laughs) Um, You know, just those situations. Or like go to a Mexican restaurant and there's a bowl of chips sitting in front of you. I want women to be able to walk in and be able to trust themselves that they can eat those chips within healthy boundaries and feel Mm. really good. Because probably what's happening is either I'm totally restricting them because I'm doing keto or I think carbs are bad or I don't trust myself around them. So I'm going to totally restrict this, which makes me feel like I'm doing something good. Mm -hmm. Or people are on the other side where it's like, don't care. doesn't matter. I'm going to turn into a shop back when the chips are laid on the table, you know? Right. And it's like that middle ground is the hard part of learning, hey, I can eat these chips. It's okay. It's not going to make me lose any progress. I'm not going to gain weight over it and really just eat them within healthy boundaries. Mm -hmm. But when we restrict things, that's when we kind of balance it out on the other side of that moment. We finally decide to eat the pizza or eat the chips. You go buck wild. 
And Mm -hmm. that's due to you restricting. So it's really like people don't realize they're kind of they're the thing they think that they're making progress in, it's going to backfire every single time. Yeah. I even have a friend right now. Um, and he is talking about how he, he keeps saying, he's like, I just, I need to not eat any chocolate. So I'm not going to buy any and I need to stop (laughs) buying all these things. And I'm like, but how is that healthy? Because you obviously still want them. And there's Mm -hmm. a difference between eating like stuff in your face of them versus okay I'm gonna have this one tiny chocolate because that's like I want that I should be Mm -hmm. allowed to have that and learning moderation like yes (laughs) learning how to have healthy things because if you just completely cut it out you're depriving yourself and yeah when you're around it all you're gonna do is you're going to feel Mm -hmm. bad you're gonna make yourself feel bad because you can't have it or you're going to completely stuff your face with it because yeah. you have been depriving yourself. Yeah. Well, and that, and I'm not shaming anyone for this because I have also lived in that place where it's like, mm-hmm. well, if I just don't buy it, then I won't eat it and I'm okay. But that's also giving chocolate, essentially you giving the control over to the chocolate and going, yeah. I can't handle myself around this. So I just, I, I can't even be in the presence of it in, right. in a sense when I work with women. My goal is I want you to be able to be around all of those foods and have confidence and trust in yourself because you've learned that you have the control over that. You make the decisions and, and, and there are proper boundaries within it, you know? Right. Um, I was talking about this, this is kind of off topic, but whatever. Nope, nope. <laughs> um, this week on our um, built on balance coaching call, we were talking all about food and the relationship we have with it and just some food education and stuff. And we were just talking about how food is, it's neutral. There is no good and bad food. Oreos aren't inherently bad. When you eat an Oreo, nothing bad happens to your body. It spikes your insulin a little bit, but that's with literally any sugar or any carbohydrate. Mm -hmm. You know, if you ate a fruit, it would be the same thing. You don't gain any weight from it. There are no like immediate horrible health effects when you eat one Oreo. Mm -hmm. Oreos are not bad. They're not good or bad. They're just neutral. It's just food. Now, what we choose to do with food can be beneficial or non-beneficial. So it's like, it's not the food that's bad. We've kind of put that in our head that like Oreos are off limits. Those are bad. And that's where those feelings of like guilt and shame come from when we Mm -hmm. eat Oreos or whatever. But really eating a piece of broccoli and eating an Oreo should feel the same to you because food is just neutral. Um, I like to use this analogy, but it's like a baseball bat. Baseball bats are not good or bad. They're just neutral. It's a baseball bat. What I choose to do with the baseball bat can be beneficial where I can Mm -hmm. go, you know, play a baseball game and have fun with my friends and have a good time. Or I can go bust out the windows of someone's car. It's not the baseball bat that's good or bad. It's what I do with it. So the baseball bat, the food is neutral. And so that's like another kind of rewiring thing that we have to do with food to improve that relationship and learn to be more confident around certain foods. Does that make sense? That's so good. Yeah. <laughs> Cause growing up, mm. I don't know if you ever heard this growing up, but it's like, um, my mom and my grandma were always like, well, if I eat this cookie, it's going to go straight to my behind yes. or my hips or, you know? And so even as like at a young age, we're, I'm already having that thought in my head. I'm Mm -hmm. like, okay, if I eat this, 
it's going to go to a certain part of my body and then I'm going to have to work even harder to get that off. Mm-hmm. So to hear that there's like food is neutral is what we choose to do with it. Yeah. That's so good. I mm-hmm. thank you. I'm oh, taking good. this all in. I'm taking I this all that. in for myself. <laughs> yeah. It's um and I obviously I haven't always been in that place, but it is now it's such there really can be peace with food where it's not all you think about. It's not all mm-hmm. you worry about. Regardless of if I'm eating a really high veggie meal or if I have pizza with my husband because we want to enjoy that. There's nothing inside of me that's kind of like, it doesn't move, if that makes right. sense. And that also, you know, that comes with just the lifestyle I live and who I've become. And mm-hmm. I'm consistent in, you know, my movement and making intentional decisions and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, food is really kind of the biggest, I would say, struggle that most women approach me with because it's like, you know, I can work out or I can do this and I can do that. But man, it's just, this food thing feels confusing. It feels mm-hmm. hard. It feels frustrating. And so that's a huge area that, yeah, it's a time investment to really work on that instead of just going, all right, let me just eat off this list and I'm going to drop 30 pounds, you know? Sure. Do you think the reason why women struggle a bit with the whole food concept, not even so much like the working out, mm-hmm. but the food is because there's emotional attachments to it? Oh, absolutely. Um, this is another thing we just talked about, but it is, um, so when we talk about food, we use the word relationship. What's your relationship with food like? And everybody kind of like rolls their eyes and I'm sure you probably even have a word (laughs) right now that you could be like, oh, it's this, you know, we, Mm -hmm. we use that term relationship, but it is the only inanimate object we use that word relationship with. You don't say things like the relationship I have with my tennis shoes, the relationship I have with, you know, my hair products, the relationship Mm -hmm. I have with my bed. You would never say that. And if you did, people would kind of look at you side eye, like, what are you talking about? But you say relationship with food and everybody's like, oh yeah, I've got one of those. Here's what mine's like. Mm -hmm. And the reason why we use that, that word is because food requires the same foundational core values as a person-to-person relationship. And there's emotional attachment there. So in a person-to-person relationship, you require things like respect, understanding, Mm -hmm. balance, um, you, you know, like those kind of foundational qualities. And so then when we talk about relationship with food, it's the same thing. You require understanding, trust, boundaries, respect. So there is an emotional attachment there, but also there are foundational core values that we have to um, cultivate with food that we simply just don't. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does. That does. Yeah, because I, um, especially like when I'm talking to students that I'm counseling or whatever, Mm -hmm. I'll even talk about you know, the emotional side of like emotional health. Mm-hmm. And there are times when I just don't want to feel anything or yeah. I don't want to deal with a certain emotion. And so sometimes it's easier to eat a sleeve of cookies mm-hmm. <laughs> rather yeah. than actually having <laughs> to like work through yeah. whatever I need to work through in that emotional process. Mm-hmm. So knowing I, I kind of figured that there had to be an emotional tie because obviously you're not yeah. just going to eat a sleeve of cookies for no reason without having an unhealthy 
or some type of relationship around yeah. food. Well, we spend, um, in my group coaching program, we spend an entire week just talking about emotional eating and mm-hmm. how to deal with it, why it's coming, what are practical steps we can take to start changing that habit and, um, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But it's not even a lot. Of, I think a lot of people, think like, Oh, I'm not an emotional eater because they kind of just associate it with extreme emotion. Like, Mm. you know, something absolutely horrible happens and you're upset. So you go like binge eat a bag of Doritos. And I mean, that can happen, but emotional eating is just anytime you're feeling something. And instead of dealing with the feeling you run to food, which is either a band aid or a distraction. So we're just distracting ourselves from whatever feeling we're having, which could even just be something as simple as, oh, I'm just bored and I don't want to deal with the boredom. So I'm going to just put this distraction on it, which is, you know, this non, this, you know, sub that's in the fridge or whatever. I don't know why I picked a sub. Subs are gross. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Subway. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I actually, this is something my husband just told me. So the FDA, which we don't love the FDA anyway, they're all dumb, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) this one, I was just like, wow, if the FDA is coming out with this, we got to figure something out. The FDA actually did a study on Subway's bread and there's such a high sugar content in it that they can't classify it as bread. So Subway is having to either completely redo their recipe or they're not allowed to use the word bread because it's just, it's the makeup of it has such a high sugar content that it doesn't scientifically classify as bread. <laughs> what? Isn't that crazy? <laughs> That's insane. I had heard, I had heard like two years ago, mm-hmm. two years, three years ago, that they were finding plastic inside their bread or that it was like their bread was like turning into plastic in people's bodies. Really? <laughs> yeah. And so. Yikes. I'm like, I am not a subway person. I'm not at either. All. No. But hearing stuff like this, I'm like, oh, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. No. Sub- subway and Arby's, in my opinion, they're, they have to be like a cover up for some type of like, uh, you know, drug laundering. I don't know. Because I'm like, who <laughs> is going there? Like, who? Right. Is- I've never known anyone to go get Arby's. Like, <laughs> oh, my stepdad is obsessed. Okay, <laughs> he, I'm sure he probably has single-handedly kept Arby's in business. I love that. <laughs> He's got stake in the company. He's like stock right. and <laughs> it's insane. Like, and they don't even know how to. My mom and him, like, when they go on their dates, mm-hmm. they don't even do like proper dates. And for him, it's oh, let's go get Arby's, and mom's like. No, no, no. you got to treat me a little bit better than that. Oh, it's so funny. It's so funny. That's Uh. amazing. (laughs) Well, anyway, sorry not to get off on that tangent. But But no, that's so good. It makes me really think even like we have another place in my – we have Subway here in town, but then we have like this other little tiny place Mm -hmm. um, that also sells subs where now I'm like – would I want to even attempt to go there mm-hmm. if I, for some reason, was craving a sandwich? Yeah. Nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know, the thing is, is um, I really, I really do take a middle road balanced <laughs> approach to health mm-hmm. and I like to be really transparent. Like I'm, I don't have a perfect diet. Like I eat sugar. I enjoy pizza and tacos and, you know, I eat out and all that sort of stuff. 
but I do it in a balanced way. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm intentional about, you know, fueling my body and nourishing it, giving what it, giving my body what it needs, but I'm also intentional about having fun and living my right. life. And I travel a ton if I wasn't eating food. And I mean, what else do you do when you travel? You go eat food, like get right. real, like you go to another country and it's like, Oh, 75% of this trip is trying different cultures, you know, dishes and that sort of thing and going to coffee shops and everything right. like that. So, um, you know, part of, I think what attracts women to me is that there is hope that, Hey, wait, I can still enjoy food and I can still have pizza and eat what I want, but learn how to do it in a way that feels healthy and balanced Mm -hmm. because even a good thing, if it's out of balance, it's no longer a good thing. You know, like Mm. you can be a really beautiful, selfless person, but if you're, if you're so selfless that it's out of balance, that selflessness is no longer a quality that's bringing anything positive to your life, you know, because mm-hmm. now you've just become a doormat. You're always a yes person. There are no boundaries. You're sacrificing for everyone. And it's like you're there's no investment in yourself, you know. Yep. So it's well, like all things in balance. <laughs> right. And I actually have a post that I was like, oh, I'm going to put it up. Um, where it says you train people how to treat you by how you treat yourself. Yes. And Ooh. so if you're not taking care of yourself and mm-hmm. that's everything included, people are just going to use that and they're going to walk all over you because you actually don't know what your healthy boundaries are. Yeah, yeah. that's good. I always, um, I pose this question to some of my girls And I say, you know, I mean, this is like a whole, we go through a whole teaching on this, but just to kind of shorten it down, think about kind of what you say to yourself when you look in the mirror, um, what your normal thoughts are. Do you trust yourself? What's your confidence like? What's your commitment level to yourself? Are you unconditionally loving to yourself? Think about all those things Mm -hmm. and how you treat yourself. And then think about if a friend treated you that way, would you keep that friend? Like the Mm -hmm. way that you treat yourself, if you had a friend that treated you like that, would you keep that friend? And for a lot of women, it's eye opening to go, no. Like if I had a friend talk to me the way that I talk to myself, I wouldn't put up with that. Like no way they couldn't call me those names. They couldn't, you know, put me down like that. And so it's, you're absolutely right. It's like the way that you care about yourself, you're kind of training others to treat you or care about you. And that mm-hmm. all has to do with your value. How yeah. do you value value yourself, you know? Yeah. Well, and I don't know if you know this, but okay, so <laughs> I know everything, Kim. You know no, everything. <laughs> you know everything. I basically um. know nothing. So <laughs> I know a lot about a lot, like, a, I know little about a lot of things. Uh, okay, um, salty babe. Can I right? be a salty babe one day? You should. <laughs> I, I was be, like, like, the honorary member that's just silent. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually talking to Tally about that, and I was like, we we should totally have her on for Aww. an episode sometime. Maybe second season. I love um, that. So, but, okay, so we talk at an average rate of um, – two to 300 words per minute okay mm-hmm. but we self-talk at 1300 to 1500 words per minute wow and 98 percent of that self-talk is all negative mm. yeah I believe it I absolutely believe it that's like a whole nother 
we get into that in the group coaching program too. We spend a whole week of like, what is your thought life? Because it is, it's not a, I mean, I, I grew up in church, so I, um, I won't even go into all that, but there's like a lot of, there's a lot of stuff that, you know, I'm kind of like, oh, that's just woo woo and like kind of new agey and whatever. And it's like, no, at the end of the day, what you believe will dictate what you actually do in life Mm -hmm. and what you do in life is going to determine your direction. And it all starts with your thoughts because your thoughts will turn into your beliefs. And if you're believing something, you will do something based on that belief. And it is so true. And so for you, I mean, I've never heard that statistic that 98% of it is negative. I absolutely believe that because, and that's something that's really, you have to be really intentional and it Mm -hmm. takes a lot of work to change that kind of inner dialogue or that broken record. Yeah. And um, I ended up not even like learning that until a couple years ago. And Mm -hmm. I was like, wait, what? Um, and thinking back, I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, I really saw it. I mean, I've had kind of a unhealthy life, you know, been mm-hmm. through a lot, but you know, I went through this like crazy weight loss journey back mm-hmm. in 2012. And as I was working out, I, now I can like recognize it. But at the time what was happening is I was actually, as I was working out, I would say all these like horrible things to myself of like, you're so fat and you're ugly. No guy is ever going to want to be with you and you're never going to get married if you keep looking like this. And it was all negative Mm. while I'm working out. And a lot of it came when I was on the elliptical and I would actually, as my body is like getting exhausted at like 15, 20 minutes of being on the elliptical, I was like, no, you got to keep pushing harder and harder. And then all of a sudden, like, I would get to like the 30 minute mark and I'm like, you ha- you have to do at least 10 more minutes. And then I'd be on the elliptical for an hour, which I don't think is healthy uh, <laughs> to a certain, you know what I mean? But like, but that whole entire time that I was on the elliptical, everything was so negative and putting myself wow. in this, this really horrible light. And that actually started carrying through into everything else that was going on around me. Mm, that's really, really good insight that you kind of can connect that. Mm -hmm. Cause I even started noticing it when, you know, I, I ended up in a relationship and we were engaged. And one of the things that he kept saying to me was, I don't understand why you think you're so ugly. I wouldn't be dating you Mm. if I thought you were ugly. (laughs) And I'm like, but I am. <laughs> and mm. so even though he's telling me that he doesn't see what I see, I couldn't yeah. believe him because that because of, I had that voice, that yeah, self-talk. The stuff that's going on on the mm-hmm. inside that, wow, girl, that's, that literally like, ugh, I could, I could start crying thinking about that. Cause I just, so many women are in that spot and you know, we've, I, I don't want to say we've all experienced that, but I have yet to meet one woman who's like, yeah, I'm perfectly confident and I've never struggled and I've never, Mm -hmm. you know, like, I think it's just so kind of the norm now because of the culture and society we live in and the filters and social media and blah, blah, blah. But even, you know, thinking about that and you're saying like, you know, I'm on the elliptical and I'm like basically just kind of beating myself up to Mm -hmm. kind of like motivate myself in a way you know, you have to think about it. Like if you were really, really sick, okay. Let's say you, you've got the COVID. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I just like saying the COVID, like I'm a (laughs) hundred. 
Um, let's say you get really sick or whatever. You have the flu and you need someone to come take care of you. So you, let's say you call up, you know, we'll say you call up your mom and you're like, mom, I, I need you to come take care of me. The way that you motivate someone to take care of you, it's not by shaming them, guilting them, telling them they're horrible, beating them up. If you call up your mom and you're like, you're so dumb if you don't come take care of me, I can't stand you, you're ugly if you don't come take care of me, like that doesn't motivate anyone for care. Mm -hmm. But what would motivate her for care is number one, that she just simply loves you and cares about you, but also knowing that you're a kind person and that you're loving and that you cherish her. That's what's going to motivate her to come care for you. And it's the same with our own bodies. Health is simply, if you really break it down, it's about caring for ourselves. And it's like, I have never seen anyone motivate themselves to truly care for them from negative thoughts and beating themselves Mm. up and shame. But when I have seen women really stand up and really start caring, it's motivated by love. It's motivated by that thing of my body is, I want my body to be strong. I want it. I want to live a healthy life. I feel good. I care about my body. There's value here, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like, even those thoughts, like if you go into a workout, girl, put the focus on, you know what? Every single time I have a thought, I'm, it's going to be, come on, you're strong, girl. You've got this. You can mm-hmm. do this. This is tough, but you're tougher. You've gotten through tougher things. Your life has not been easy. This workout's not easy. I know I can get through it. Doesn't matter how long it takes. Doesn't matter how heavy I'm breathing. You know, it's, it's motivating from that place of love. And that's how you really care for something. So yeah, that's so good. You're not the only one who has done that. I've been there too, girl. <laughs> oh, it's such a real thing. And even I was, I can't even remember who I was talking to. They were like, oh yeah, I understand that. Cause I, I used to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so I think I'm realizing more and more how common those negative thoughts are. And especially, you know, we live in a society where everything is, you have to look a certain size, you have to look a certain way, you have to, you know, you have to do all these things. And so learning how to actually love, not just who you are on the inside, but who you are on the outside Mm -hmm. is becoming increasingly more difficult. But I, I still maintain like this hope of like, one day, I believe that all of us will be able to love who we are, Mm -hmm. all of us as a whole. You know, not just, well, I love the, I like this part of me or this part. It is, no, I love everything about who I am. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I, um, I think that's a really interesting like concept as well. Cause I think, and I'll be honest, like transparent, like I'm, I don't want to say I'm split on that, but I definitely Mm -hmm. think loving who you are is absolutely important. Um, but I do think that there is like an unhealthy level of that where it's like, you know, you just have to accept everything and kind of right. body positivity. And it's like, well, like, you know, I lost 90 pounds. I have loose skin on my stomach that I just, I don't love it. Like, you know, I'm not, I'm not hating myself over it, mm-hmm. but I'm not, I don't love the loose skin on my stomach. I'm never going to be so madly in love with it. Sure. And I want to show it off. Like, that's just not, I don't feel that way. But I think the realization of number one, it's not going to hold me back. Mm. I'm going to go to the beach and I'm going to wear the bathing suit I want to wear. I think that's showing power over it. Mm -hmm. And then also 
the realization of like, I do love who I am and who I am isn't the loose skin on my stomach. Like it, it just isn't, you know, that's like part of my body, but it's not who I am. It's not my identity. So I even think kind of breaking that down and going, loving all of who you are. Well, let's really break down who you are because who you are, isn't your stretch marks. It really isn't the number on the scale. Like, you know what I mean? Yep. Which I just, I think that brings, even for me, that has brought a lot of freedom Mm because it's hard. I mean, just being really honest, like it's hard out here to be a fitness coach and you look on social media and I'm like, I don't have a perfect body. I don't look like these like little Instagram models, nor do I want to, but like, I don't look like that. And so there's always that voice where I have to shut it down and go, okay, if people are judging me by what my body looks like, or that I have loose skin on my stomach, or I don't have, you know, an eight pack or a six pack or whatever, like that doesn't matter. You Mm. know what I mean? Right. Yeah. No, so. that's so good. That's so good. <laughs> sorry, to, I feel like I've gone off on a thousand tangents today. No, I'm really sorry. <laughs> you are so good. I go on like a thousand all the time. So <laughs> you're great. Well, before I let you go, is there any last parting words of advice or inspiration or whatever that you would like to share? Um, yeah, I mean, I thank you for having me on. I'm so this is actually I think I think this is my first podcast that I've done. Oh, I feel so so honored. I'm really grateful and had a fun time. And I just, you know, if you're listening to this and you're a woman that's wanting to lose weight or get healthy, like I just want to encourage you to not seek out the quick fixes, but really focus on the inside and the outside. Slow and steady really does win the race. Um, And you're worth that investment. You're worth the time. And you're the only person that can do that for you. No one else can make healthy habits for you. No one else can change your mindset but you. So just put the investment in. It is absolutely worth it. Stop spinning your wheels with Octavia. We're done with that, girl. <laughs> and if you're, if you're um, tempted to do it, message me on Instagram. I will help you through it. <laughs> so... Yeah, thank you for having me on. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for coming and being a part of this podcast. I, again, I'm still still fangirling at having you. (laughs) Get out of here. Um, But I will make sure for all of my listeners to tag you. And, um, yeah, guys, go give her some love and support. Charity is amazing. Um, I've learned so much just from following you and – being so inspired by everything that you share and you post and you're very raw and vulnerable. And so I, I super appreciate that, especially being on my own little health journey. So get it girl. I'm proud of you. (laughs) Thanks. All right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for tuning in and thank you charity for being on today and until next time. Bye. Bye. If you like today's podcast, make sure to share it with friends, family, and whoever you feel needs to hear it. Also, make sure to follow the Life Unmasked podcast as well as my own account on Instagram. I try to post new content almost daily, and I also do Instagram Lives where I bring on guests to talk about different topics. You can find us at Life underscore unmasked underscore podcast and at Kimmy Sue 1987. I love to hear from my listeners. So if you'd like, make sure to send me a DM until next time.